Hey guys, this is Johnny here, and I have a special guest today. He's an author. He's a screenplay writer. He's a, a fashion model. His name is Jacob. There's no other name besides that, just Jacob. <laughs> and he just so happens to be my son. Yeah. What a blast. What a blast. You are very welcome. Thank for, you. For, uh, me bringing you into this world. Yeah, yeah, I get that all the time from you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you can definitely you owe me royalties. Yeah, I must have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, Jacob was here today. We're going to talk about creativity and being creative and how we are very lucky in our family that we have a lot of creative people. Yeah, very much. Uh, and it, it's, it's actually, the spectrum is across the gambit, right? So it's, we have writers, like you and I are writers, to singers, singers to Artists, like you know, yeah. your sister draws amazingly. She's only fucking thirteen. Yeah. Um, so we have this musically in tuned, you know, uh, instrument playing uh, family, and like I said, so we're very much into the arts here in the house, and um, it's uh, it's fun. Yeah. It's amazing, but we can have this kind of space to where it's inviting to create. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's, it's sometimes tough to get into a creative space unless you have just, this is weird to explain, you know, like you have to make sure that you find a really nice place, no matter where it is, to be able to be creative. Because if you're just closed off from everything, it's going to be hard, at least for me. No, I get you. No, you're right. And a lot of times people kind of frown upon on the whole inspiration thing, right? I got to be inspired to write or stuff. But I think you're inspired every single day, right? So um, this can be anything. I could be driving around and I could be in a certain part of town and something just happens. I'm like, oh, wow, that happened. And it sparks a, a for me, at least like maybe a line or two of a poem. And I, I right away go to series and make a note. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I can remember that line. And then I, of course, when I get home, I can't wait to fill in the blanks from that line, right? That's happened a few times already. Um, I never wait for inspiration, but you are already. I'm looking for that vibe. You know, we were discussing today, actually, you were sharing with me, you know, we were discussing the fact that when I write, I use instrumentals to get me into that vibe and that zone that I can knock out four or five, six poems. Or if I'm writing on my book, um, Brooklyn Love, it gets me into that kind of vibe I need to write this urban love story, yeah. right? And you were sharing me some beats that, yeah, only that you also listened to, but you actually created. Yeah. Which he's also, again, that's another talent that I didn't put on the resume. Excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's just crazy because, at least for us, it's obvious that pretty much anything small can spark something big. Mm -hmm. And I know it's different for a lot of people, but I, I've... I'm thankful that we have that type of talent because what we've been able to make off of what seems to be the simplest of things is actually pretty incredible. Right. And and especially with some of the stories that I've been able to come up with for the most smallest of things, the smallest of inspirations, it, it's just wild, you know, because I was able to map out an entire story um, for this whole screenplay I've been writing for in just only three songs, three instrumentals specifically. And it's just, it's just 
this is crazy. You know, it's it's weird. I really can't put it to words. It's, it's funny because I'm a writer, so right. I, I struggle with words, actually. <laughs> I think all writers do. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're good at putting it on paper, but when it comes to this type of thing, interviews, yeah, so it's, speaking it's, it, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's kind of weird to, it's because it's a different form of communicating. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's just totally different. But what made you realize that you could feel comfortable in a space to create? At what age? At what age? I would have to say... And where? Um, it was probably definitely after high school, so I was like 18, 19. And it was definitely when I had moved out of my mom's house because that was just such a non-creative space because everyone there wasn't as creative as I was. So moving to a place where I was able to be more creative was definitely something that helped me out because a lot of new ideas sparked. Right. So that was that's pretty much it, though. I think for you guys to understand, like, you know, Jacob's mom and I are not together anymore. We've been separated for some time over a decade or so. And his mom's a great person. We're still friends to this day. And um, But sometimes you just have that. You may have good people around you. They just might not be that creative yeah. vibe that you're looking for to to help you kind of like, you know, when you come in, you're like, oh, wow, I feel this buzz. Yeah. You know, so you, wanna, you, you always want to, as a creator, you always want to feel like a buzz and get ready to grab a pen or, or a fucking keyboard ready to write something as far as for a writer. Right. Um, so when did you really figure out writing like writing is my thing it was also in high school um i was about like 17 years old and it just sparked off of me being inspired by all these marvel stuff because i'm I mean, i'm a big marvel fan and i was thinking to myself you know there's not many um spanish superheroes that are well known and even the ones that are well known they're not cool enough to me so I started making some stories off that. And to be honest with you, at first I wanted it to be comic books, but then I felt like I was limiting myself. So I, I just wanted to make it into an actual novel. Okay. But limiting the story? Yeah, limiting the length of the story. Because, I mean, I would have to stretch out the story from each graphic novel to the next. And, and I would rather just make it one big book and just three more parts after that than just like a bunch of many parts that create one big story. Okay. That way you get more nuance with the characters. Yeah. Right. Which makes sense. I think when you have, when you can write a novel and you know you just have this this great story, you know, and, and like the higher power story, for instance, you can really get deep into it and then prequels come out of it because, like, you know, okay, where's the origin of this, right? right? And how does it really begin to... You may already have the ending of the whole thing in your head, but you got to fill in the blanks first to get to that ending. Yeah, and I, and I actually struggle with that. Like a little bit to this day, I kind of struggle with that. I have the arc and I have the plot, but it's just the in-between details that I, I do struggle with. I've been getting better, but it's, it's tough because you don't want those parts to just be fluff and to be boring. Right. So, so you're, just, you're, still going, you're still in school right now. Yeah. You go to Georgia State University. Yeah. Right. And you're taking up what? I'm taking up um, my literature courses because I'm in the literary arts program. And every semester, I'm just slowly but surely getting into these English courses to help not only grow what I know already, but to also just get me familiar with new types of work because we look at different types of texts and literature all the time. Um, last semester, we were discussing the Bible and how just as a text, 
how important that was. And honestly, like, it, it really made me look back at it and it was like, you know what? Looking back at that, looking back at it going through the Bible, it was kind of crazy because there's a lot of stories that come out from it. Yes. And there are different versions of it. And I'm not very religious, so, I mean, it was really my first time getting into it. But it was definitely different, being able to see all these different types of stories that come out of, I guess, this one big overarching story. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something I feel like I can use if I was to want to connect a lot of things, which I do plan to. So, yeah, it was just... I just thought it was pretty interesting. It was more interesting than I thought. And we also look at some other great texts, like we were about to look into Frankenstein, but the semester had ended. Gotcha. Um, but I do familiar, so familiarize myself with those types of stories. And it's, it's just really crazy how even texts that old still holds up today and is still being used as an example to how to structure everything. It's yeah. really just timeless. You have stories like that that are timeless, right? Um... Even that's mythology, Greek mythology. Yeah, well, yeah. Right? we were yeah. going after that. We we're going over that too a little bit, actually. And those stories hold true. And as far as like you said, like really just testing at the, the time. Yeah. Um, now, do you feel your, your classes are are really beneficial to you? I definitely think so. Out of all the classes that I do take, because I do have to take some regular classes um, in order to be able to fulfill my requirements for my degree. The literature courses that I do take are obviously and are definitely the better retaining of information I have. I worded that weird. But I'm like, I'm like, like, I retain the most information in those classes than most. Like, I don't really care too much about what I have to do with my science classes right. or anything like that. You just pass the pass. Yeah, I just pass the pass. And it kind of sucks because I feel like it's wasting time a little bit. Right. But in the end, I do know that the bigger goal is for me to be able to get that degree and the fact that the class that to me is more important, I'm actually retaining the most information for, is definitely helpful. So you just say you capturing this degree. Yeah. It's not gonna mean much in the real world. Yeah. Right. So you can get a job. Yeah. It's a, but it's not really focusing on particular item that's that's hyped right now. So what is your goal with this degree? Well, hopefully it can get me into some publishing firms. That wouldn't be too bad. Um, if something else happens before then, then that will also be great. But right now, the degree is to kind of just get my foot in the door and just see what happens there. But I, without a doubt, I would also love to be able to try to get some things done on my own before then. So that way I have more control of everything. Right. So. So when are you going to publish your goddamn books? Well, that's the crazy thing. I mean, I still have been working on it for a few years now. Um, I do have one that's, I, I finished writing, but I still have not edited yet because a lot of other stuff came up. I, I got really big into writing screenplays over the summer, actually, because I was thinking to myself, not all my stories really have to be books. Right. I, I really learned about different types of mediums. Um, actually my journalism class, cause I wanted to be a journalist before I wanted to be an actual author. And, um, I just thought of this one story and I thought of a few more stories that I was like, you know what? It can work as a book, but I personally felt like it would be better experienced as a show or, or a movie. Sure. So I started familiarizing myself with the screenplay format. I wrote a couple of short, um, short films and little by little I've been growing, 
but it wasn't until I finally decided to write out, I guess, my full feature film that I had in my head since like July. And so far, that's probably the number one thing I've been focusing on is just to write out what I've been having in my head and then go back to what I've been working on before because I feel like what I'm writing in my what I have in my head now I feel like it's gonna be gone if I don't write it first. I, I, this is how I work. It's really well, no, it's not, really backwards. You're not me. the only one. Like, you know, so for myself when I write, not even when I write, just in my what goes on in my mind, it's scattered. Right. And ideas come up like crazy. And they also flee like crazy as well. And I feel like, I feel like my best ones has floated away. Yeah. Right? Because I mean, I'm doing something, whether I'm taking a shit or I'm driving, and I can't right away fucking like, you know, and contain it and, and, and memorize it. Yeah. And then there's some that stay, stay stuck, and I try to elaborate on those. And sometimes I feel like those aren't the best ones, but then the chances will be pretty good anyway. But I think every writer goes through that, to where you have a lot of shit in your head, and you want to write everything and then publish nothing. Right. And that's why I told you, like, from my experience, you've been working on Brooklyn Love for about 10 years now, right? You've already seen a couple of years yeah. from one of your stories. I think, I want, to, I want to say, I'm pretty confident every author has those. Right. Now, if not one, have they have a few, right? But I think the goal, and this is why I'm interviewing you as well, and this is for everyone to listen to, is that we got to get better at publishing. Yeah. We got to get better at putting our project out, right? And no doubt, it's hard to make money as an author, right? And you need a following, and you have to build that, and that takes time. Yeah. But if you if you have an audience that believes in you and believes in your writing, and you start putting out even a series, even the short stories, you know, I think the novel I think is going to be is going to be really strong because people attention spans are very small now, right? Yeah. So having a novelette, um, um, a, a novella is kind of that in between, um, compared to a, so official novel. And short stories, I think, are going to probably be the, the bomb right now um, going forward because, again, the pe- people's attention span is so small. So if I'm going to read, do I really want to read a 300-page novel? Maybe not today, maybe not this month, but, I, but I'm okay with a 30-page short story. Yeah, and that's the most unfortunate thing, actually, is just how small everyone's attention spans has become. Um, and even, you know, I'm a victim of this. Like, I know my attention span isn't as, as big as it used to be. And it, it, it does really suck because when you're trying to gain a following and when you're trying to get people interested into something, it's much more tough because if you don't catch them within the first two seconds, they'll f- immediately forget about you. Yeah. And that stuff is the hardest thing. So building yourself a following before you maybe try to do something like that can work. Um, but it's just still difficult regardless because of that. I think traditionally, traditional novels will always be around. Yeah. That's fine, but I think this is where you know artists and authors have to do look and in, look into. Let me put a, a certain amount of content out that is kind of shortened, just to kind of get people enticed, give them a taste, and I still have my long form content in the background still. So I'm, I'm, am I still always going to write a novel? Yeah, I am. Am I going to write short stories? I'm planning on doing that as well. So I think if you have a nice gambit of 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 content you can offer to your audience. And different variations, then that's great. Because at that point, you're hitting different, different demographics of people. Right. right. A three, a two hundred, three hundred page novel, I think is always going to be there. Um, but now we do have to evolve with that. I think, like I said, novelettes, novellas, you know, they're, they're shorter. They're shorter than a novel. They may be a hundred pages, hundred fifty pages. You know what I'm saying? And then maybe you turn that hundred, hundred fifty pages into a series. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? It, it, there's so many different things you can do that's not traditional. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of publishing houses are moving away from to traditional um, publishing. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the shelves right now, Barnes and Nobles, you know what I'm saying? You go online to Amazon, novels are there. They're not going nowhere. Yeah, no, they're not. And honestly, another way I feel like you can probably grab people's attention is if you have a work that's available on like as an audio book. So that way people could listen to it. And I want to say that that's, that's definitely how the future is going to be. I don't think many people are going to be actually going to read. They're going to listen a book, to a book, which isn't a bad thing because I feel like if you if you listen to it, you'll be able to hear the emotions more and you get to understand and comprehend it more. Um, because sometimes I do struggle with reading and comprehending everything. Like I have to sometimes read a chapter two or three times just to make sure I understand it. Yeah. Because if not then my mind would wander and then I'll kind of get lost and I'll be, you know, just confused. Um, but without a doubt, I think that the future is going to be audiobooks, And I want to try to see if any of my works, once I do release it, if I can make it into an audiobook. Well, one, you definitely can. Yeah. You can definitely do it yourself. That's my next goal is to do that as well. And you no, know, you're right. Audiobooks is the, is the new 1920s radio. Pretty much, yeah. Right. So there's some great audiobooks out there that have full sound. Right, right, and what I mean, my, what I mean by that is, it has these sounds that say of a, of a train in the background, and these, yeah, yeah. these that train. So the 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 vocal environment, that background environment is there vocally and each sonically. Each, each character has a dedicated person reading what right. they're quoting. So. Exactly. So it's that's, that's pretty dope. But, you know, I think you're right. I think we're already there, right? So for myself, right now, I have my Audible. I have, I have another credit. I gotta. Pick a book. Um, I'm listening to one right now. I have a I have an actual physical book on my on my nightstand that I read every night, as well too. So I'm, I'm actually doing two books at once. Once and once I'm done reading, it's funny. I put my ear, my AirPods in and I'm listening now <laughs> before I go to bed to right. so, so a few minutes, maybe thirty or forty minutes of that book too. So I'm knocking out two books in a um, at a time. And even when I'm cooking, um, I got the audio book playing, right? So. Working out, I do the audio book as well too. So yeah, you have so many different variations of stuff you can do. That's not gonna stop you from just sitting down and if it's just reading, right? So audio gives you that medium to where you're free to run errands, yeah, run around, do stuff, and you still have that in the background, right? So think about there already. I think that right now books and audio. I don't think one is gonna be better than the other. I think they're all gonna be playing the same in the same the same playing field, right? Yeah, you're just depends. Have books. Yeah, it just depends on. What medium at what point point in your life you're gonna need that's gonna benefit you? Right. If you can sit down and read a book, you probably will. Yeah. Right. But if you're out always, you know, out and about all the time running errands, then definitely an audio book would be better for your lifestyle. Yeah. If you're stuck in traffic for X amount of hours, you either yeah. listen to this podcast, right? You either listen to music or listen to something. Yeah, so. or listen to audio, right? So you're yeah. listening to something. Yeah. While you're driving, so I think it's it's a great testament to how technology, um, because they thought Amazon came out. Amazon was all about books at first. Right. They thought, wow, that was the that was the death nail for, you know, um, small bookstores, which kind of was, and Barnes and Nobles, right? So, but it wasn't just to have bookstores. And yeah, actually, yeah. the small bookstores are coming back now. Yeah, they are. You know, because like sometimes they get a better them. selection than Barnes and Noble and even Amazon. And they, and sometimes they're just more curated, right? So yeah. that means, you know, they may get more requests in a certain bookstore because of the demographic of the neighborhood. Yeah, you're right. Right, so you may you may see a, a, a different ethnic type of authors in that particular bookstore because of, of what the neighborhood um, acts for. So I think that's pretty neat. 
um, they may even be more diverse yeah. because of it. But I think the small bookstores are coming back. You know, it was tough for them before, but I think now it's the space for them. Not to say it's not it's not difficult. Every business is difficult, but I think if you're right location and you have the right vibe and you know exactly what books your neighborhood is looking for, um, yeah, I think they're coming back. Like Amazon is not taking all that away. No, but it has made it easier for authors to publish. Yeah, right, and for you to get noticed and on Amazon, you have to do your work on social media. Yeah, definitely. You have to drive people to your link in Amazon. You cannot expect Amazon to push you. No. Um, and you never should. If you think it's going to write a book and while you're there, not going to happen. Um, because access information and becoming an author with self-publishing is a lot easier now. Yes, you have a lot more authors out there. Does that mean more competition? I don't believe in that. I don't believe the only people. I'm, the only person I'm competing with is myself. Myself. I'm not, I'm not competing with no one. Yeah. I'm competing with myself to be a better writer, right. a better storyteller. Um, I'm competing with myself to to find my audience and have those people, um, you know, follow me to a point to where yeah, now I'm directing them to my book and not really hard selling them. But I'm an author. Read my stories. If you love my stories, you you'll love the next one. You'll get used to me, and then I, you'll gain that person buying. I have authors here that I've purchased. If they only have six books, I bought all six of them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I've been reading all of them already. Like, you know, so it's, and then I have an author that comes out every single year of one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back them up and buy their, and buy their book. But I think it comes down to as well as making sure you don't hold on to your 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 content and not produce, not publish it, because then you never know where you're at. Yeah, and if you continue having this competition theme in your head, or you're doubting your skill level, like I did years past, then you're never going to come off your show. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. And you you can't wait for the perfect book to publish. That doesn't. Yeah, you have that to, doesn't exist. More than likely, the first thing of whatever you're doing, no matter what it is, it's going to be probably garbage. <laughs> but you get better through experience and by you know fine tuning. Your, your craft. Yes. So, you know, I, I know that whenever I'm going to release um, or even publish my first story, I know it's not going to be the best I would like it to be, but I, I just know realistically it's not. But it, the best you hasn't been created yet, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I you're said. Mad, you're how old are you now? I'm 22 now. You're, you're brand new. You still got your tires, man, brand new. Your treads are still good. Is when your 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 tires go bald, right? Right. That's when you're seasoned at that point. Your riding has been through it. Your emotions have been gone through it, and now you know how to pull from these different levels of emotion, and to create the best work you can create. Like I said, competing as authors make no sense to me. Your writing style is going to be who you are, right? And and that's what people are going to love about you. That's why I love certain authors about how they write, how they tell their story. Some authors I, I read they're very wordy. Right, and and to your point you said earlier, like you kind of get lost. I, I kind of get lost myself, myself sometimes. Yeah, and I'm like, holy shit! There was one book I forgot his name, man. Oprah even interviewed him. His first page is like a, it's an entire page of just one sentence. There's just one sentence, and it just, but then that's how we talk, right? Like we don't talk yeah. with periods and commas and semicolons, right? Yeah, it's weird how we always are taught, you know you know, uh, run-on sentences and stuff like that, but they never and never apply to writing books because I've seen so many things in books and I've seen so many 
I guess not no nos in 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 stories, and it's crazy because I've always been told in school, you never start a sentence off with and. You would not believe how many times I've seen sentences start with <laughs> and in books. Yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I even do it myself because I'm like, well, really, writing styles are developed by breaking the grammatical norms. Correct. So, I mean, if we but have these norms, but to really, really, it doesn't even exist. And but in especially books. if you're if you're speaking in a character form right exactly if this is how the character speaks then you have no choice but to break those norms correct and because at that point you're not really writing this is this is a this person's is a story this is a speech yes the speech is a story right so you have to write it as such and i think that's what people get so confused that they're trying to make the have the, the perfect writing experience and it doesn't really exist you have to find the perfect experience for you to write that's about it right i'm always trying to find that level of do I go to Barnes and Nobles? Do I go to Starbucks? Right? Buy me a fucking coffee? Do I sit down with a laptop and just write? And that doesn't do it for me. Something. I'm saying, like, I the older I'm getting, the, the different. Like for me now, it's almost like I, I need a little bit of noise that can tune out to make me focus. Because I'm just by myself, then the, my, the noise in my head takes over. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to be able to ignore it. I know that people. I need. I need. I need presence. Right. So I need to know. Someone's in the bedroom, someone's in the living room, or someone's down here or in the kitchen. I, I need to have that kind of traffic. Yeah. Not heavy traffic, but I need to know that, that, that presence that's after someone's soul. So I can tune it out. That way I can put my music on. And then I'm, I'm just writing, writing, writing at that point. Yeah, it, is, it is hard for me to be able to write by myself. Um, and really, I never do because I even take my laptop to me to work on the weekends. And um, I'm not the only one in the office, usually just somebody probably like in the next room but i'm typically the one just maybe in that room but that helps me just run through it i know that i'm not truly alone so i i just go crazy right and even yesterday i was here pretty much all day by myself and i didn't do any writing until everyone came home because yeah. i i needed somebody to be there it's really weird and i honestly don't even know where i could go to be able to write i was thinking you know the avalon yeah but I write on Google Docs now, and it's more because of my screenplays. So I need some sort of Wi-Fi connection to be able to write on there. And going out into parks and writing wouldn't really help for me. No. I, as beautiful I, as it is, though, I mean, I know it can go crazy if I was yeah. offline, but I need to be online to be able to write. What I've noticed is that I can't take my laptop to a place and just write, but I've noticed I can write on my cell phone for my poetry. Right. Which I've, I've been writing on my cell phone a lot. I, it's funny, when I started writing my poetry again, I was I just picked up a book and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna start writing my book. And then I tried my phone. I was like, let me try my phone. I see all these young heads writing lyrics and shit on their phones now. And I gotta tell you, the experience of me writing my poetry on my phone, wow. It, to me, it's more freeing because it, it's more accessible. I can grab it at any given time. I still have a book in my car with a pen, always. But um, I always, now I'm just always writing on my phone. So, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a medium that I didn't think I was going to use to, to write my poetry with. Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, I actually ended up starting writing off all of my stories with, with um, notes back when I was in high school. And it was pretty crazy because I never realized how accessible that was and how easy it would be to write. And I, was, I used to go crazy. Like when I used to wrote, um, look back at everything, I, I saw how many errors I had. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely much more um accessible to do it that way because also at that time i didn't even have a computer to write on so 
that was something that definitely helped me. And I feel like a lot of people, when they first start writing anything, they, they start off with their notes typically. Yeah, that's just right. Before we end this podcast, I want to get a commitment out of you. Okay. That next year, in 2022, you will publish something. Um... Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I would love to, but I'm not sure. I mean, if anything, if I were to commit to it, it would definitely have to be around this time next year. It'll have to be later in the year because I really do have a lot of um, screenplays planned and I have to write out. And then after that, I'll go back to write the things that I was working on. But right now, I have to definitely put to paper what I have in my head right now. Give me your short stories, man. Well, here's the crazy thing. My short stories I want to try to convert actually into episodes for a, a show that I've... But that's fine. You can still put the short stories out there. I was thinking that too, actually. What I mean is... What has done to the other? What you just did was divide your... Grab one piece of content to two pieces of content. Pretty much. But I mean, I, that's probably the most likely the thing I'm going to um, publish around this time next year. I just have to fine-tune it and then just go crazy. I'll spend this... It, most amount of time marketing it but all right I'll, I'll commit to it around this time next year i'll have something out or at least i'll have the start of my short stories published. so we're gonna have fall of 2022 fall of 2022 you, yes. will, you will have something published. i will have something published or i'll be in the process of publishing it we're gonna, we're gonna set a date we're gonna come back with you guys yeah i have to set a date because this is where i think a lot of authors fail yeah we don't put dates on things and the whole, I want to be free, and I just want to write, and when it's done, it's done. It's going to take you 20 fucking years to write something. Yeah. Talking from experience. Yeah, I know. So this is my second book in three years I'm going to be completing. And I put dates and everything. And because of it, I've actually finished the book way ahead. So yeah, I, of course, I finished my book in January 1 for next year, and I'm two months, in, two months ahead of it. I mean, I set a, I set a, a date, a finished date for... Um, the screenplay I'm working on now, it's, I want it to be done by Thanksgiving, so pretty much this time next week. But honestly, it's looking like it may be done a little bit before then, like maybe just a couple of days before then, because I've already done what the first uh, rough draft of editing. Now I have to go back and look at it again. And yeah, I think after that's done, I'll write everything else and I'll focus back on to the short stories. So. I'm telling you, dude, it takes nothing to publish it. Yeah. Even if you just want to do digital, like, you know, just Amazon Kindle. Yeah. That's going to be where people can actually just purchase her copy. Just put it out there and just put it out there. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Um, and make yourself a website and put it on your website where people can just download it and everything like that. So I, I really encourage you to start, once you start publishing shit, you're going to have this this energy to put the rest of your shit out. You just need one thing out. And then you're going to be like, okay, what's my next thing? Yeah. I got to go. But you got to put dates behind stuff. That holds you accountable. Without dates, you're gonna be years on the making. Even with your script. Yeah, definitely. You gotta complete it, but now how are you gonna shop it? Who are you gonna shop it to? So you gotta find out who those people are. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? And, and start, I don't wanna give it to this anybody. So You don't, and know what? You're gonna get fucked. I know. It's part of the business. Yeah. You're gonna get jerked. It's part of the fucking business. And that's how you learn the fucking business. But you got but you also have to do your research and listen to other people's stories. How they didn't get fucked and who they who, you know, how they went on with their shit. So, just think about that. Right. So, this was a great episode. Yeah. It was awesome. So, thank you so much for being on it. And, um, yeah, man. Appreciate you, man. No, no problem.